Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Hump Day edition of Winners and Winers Radio. I am your host, Scott Steen, lead handicapper at winnersandwiners.com. And I'm your co-host, Scott Reichel, senior handicapper of winnersandwiners.com. And together, we make up Winners and Winers Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. That's what we're looking to do today, Scott. Did you uh, did you have some winners today, buddy? Did you do okay? I actually did. Uh, I had a couple of winners. I had a live play that we were kind of sweating out together. I had the Dodgers on the money line and extras. You had the under, so we were hoping for a scoreless 10th there for Colorado, which ended up happening. That was nice. Uh, my play that it was the Astros team total over. They have 10 runs, so that's a pretty easy winner there. Nice. And I also sprinkled a bit on the Cardinals' first five money line, which worked out pretty well for me. So overall, I mentioned three winners. I would mention some losers, but I didn't have any. So that was a pretty good day. Well, we did we did have a, a farm play that didn't go our way, buddy. And it wasn't because we didn't have base runners. The Cincinnati Reds left the Bases loaded twice and went, I believe, one for 12 with runners in scoring position. It was one for 12. I forgot about the farm play. That's correct. But I meant personally, I ended up going 3-0. But the Reds went one for 12 with runners in scoring position. The one hit was an infield single that didn't even score a run. Scandalous. Just scandalous. Bad. So they scored scored no runs when they had the bases loaded, basically. Or if they did, yeah, it was like a sack fly or two, but nothing pretty. Yeah. So yeah, there you go. And uh, yeah, you mentioned that we had the uh, we had the under in the Colorado Dodgers game. That was, uh, you know, it turned it was pretty much a game that we had the whole time until it got to extras, and then you know I only had three runs to play with in extra innings, so I figured I was absolutely screwed. But hey, lo and behold, Scott, it was kind of a flashback to two or three years ago before this silliness hit, and they only scored one run in the tenth inning to give us the win. Of course, it was the right side for you. This is the Dodgers picked up the. Uh, the one run, so yeah, congratulations to us. I mean, it was it was a pregame two ten, live line minus one thirty. I don't know how I'm not going to take that against Colorado's bullpen. Yep, yep. And Colorado's bullpen wasn't awful. Gave up a dribbler up the middle to Albert Pujols, and that was the, the difference in the game right there. And I did finally hit my uh, my free play of the day, Scott. I'm pretty dang happy about that. I'd been ice cold over there, so we had to hit that one. And our other premium, we had the wrong side. Of the Cubs and the Twins game, I was going to play the over there at Wrigley, and I got scared by the fact the wind was whipping in from center field about 15, 20 miles an hour. So went with the Cubs. Instead, faded Griffin Jacks, which has been a pretty profitable situation uh, as of late. But uh, young Master Jacks was able to keep it in the park today, and uh, yeah, pitch all right, Cubs. Cubs sucked up, sucked. sucked. And Cubs still score five runs. Yeah. So it wasn't like they didn't show up. No. Minnesota's offense was fantastic. No, and it was, and it was, you know, it was Alec Mills who's. Was he awful, awful, or was he just not very good? He just wasn't great. Um, you know, it's, and he's one of those guys where you know you're going to get a clunker about one out of every three or four times, but you just. Usually the other ones are mediocre. You don't have many great starts, but he has one awful start like every month. Yeah, he te- he teased me. He gave up. He gave up two in the first, and then he pitched pretty well the next couple of innings, and then he just got hammered in the fourth and the fifth. He gave so he gives up. He gives up two in the first, three in the fourth, two in the fifth, and that's just not ideal. And uh, yeah, that's you know it's going to be hard to win those. <laughs> so you know what, um, take it. I'll just I'm happy with the split as it worked out because I you know it's one of those times where you think you're going to lose both of them because you figure that over is toast. So that one worked out all right. So on with the show we go, my friend. And, of course, 
We weren't the only ones that maybe had a bit of a bad break here today, Scott. There were others, and there were other beats out there that were awful. So let's uh, let's get right to it, shall we? We got a lot to get to today. Of course, we're going to have our bet the farm play. We're going to take a look at uh, some personal stuff, Scott. We're going to talk about some of the stadiums we've been to and some of the games we've seen. That was a request from one of our viewers. Wanted to know uh, what the top three live sporting events. So we'll get to that. And by the way, if you, any of you guys ever have any ideas for stuff, like especially these middle of the week shows, you want to see a topic covered, hopefully sports betting related or at least sports related. Uh, we're probably not going to give you our take on the Emmy awards, but um, if you have anything that you wanted to see us uh, talk about or break down, happy to do it. So with that being said, Scott, let's find out who broke down today, shall we? People that had those losing tickets but it was even worse than that. It wasn't just a loser that you knew was a loser. It was a loser you thought was a winner until it was stolen from you, Scott. Man, pick up the phone. There's got to be a number for you to call the cops. All right, let's talk about a little bit of baseball here, uh, shall we? We're going to get started in the East as the Orioles catching a nice price, plus 185 against the Phillies. They led 2-1, two outs in the bottom of the 10th. Then all of a sudden, you remember what segment this is in, and you know that's not going to end well for the Orioles, and it didn't, as J-Team Rilamuto hit a walk-off two-run double. The Orioles lose 3-2. to two. If you had the Orioles on the money line, plus 185. Oh, so sorry, Charlie. Call the cops. And for the second one, no tennis, but we got some soccer. So let's talk about it. In La Liga, you had Getafe taking on Atletico Madrid. And Getafe, plus half a goal, was looking really good. Led 1-0 before the worst thing that could possibly happen to happen, which was a red card in the 74th minute. So Getafe is down a man against arguably the best team in all of La Liga. Atletico tied the game in the 78th minute. And then Atletico scored another goal in the 90th minute. And Getafe lost 2-1. to one. There you go. That's a little something for those of you that don't like it when we talk about the NBA. Take that. Oh, <laughs> uh, back to the baseball diamonds, Scott. Staying in the East Nationals, Marlins, under seven and a half. They had five runs through eight. In pretty good shape there. You just need a little bit of help, a little bit of bingo. No, the Nationals, Scott, with their four-run lead, decided that wasn't enough against that terrific Marlins offense. Needed to put up some insurance runs, and that's exactly what they did. They put up a trio of insurance runs in the top of the ninth. Didn't need them. Miami didn't score anymore. They only needed them to beat your bet because if you had the under in that Marlins uh, Nationals game, so, so sorry. Just rip up that ticket and call the cops. Anytime that the Nationals on the road, which have been a pretty bad team, but anytime they score a couple of runs in the ninth inning for no reason, you kind of just wish the, uh, that they would just start bunting so you can just get the game over with as quickly as possible. Yeah, I wish I wish that a lot. No question mm-hmm. about it. Well, there was some good news out there, of course, today. For those of you that weren't beat like a drum, there were some nice, easy victories out there, Scott. And of course, you had to have the first one there to rub it in. I know you didn't even know it when you did when you wrote that up. But let's take a look. Let's see who had a nice, easy time of the day. Let's find out who was sitting in the rocking chair. So the first one was in a matchup between the Twins and the Cubs. And if you had the over eight you were in good shape because you had 10 runs combined in the first five innings. I hate you. And the game ended nine to five. I hate you so much. All right. I had to put it in. I know. I know. You. It's the definition of a rocking chair. I understand. I yes. I mean, yes. That's very good. 
You had the Cardinals Brewers under seven and a half. Ooh, that one don't get much easier there. They had one run in the first inning. You're like, oh my God, here we go. Uh, no, we did not go as they didn't put up anything for the next six innings. Ended up putting up two runs in the eighth, one apiece. It didn't matter because they had uh, the other seven frames. Absolutely a goose egg. And the Cardinals win that one two to one. Fly, Cardinals fly. That's 10 straight, baby. And the last one was the Braves' first five minus a half against the Diamondbacks. They led two to nothing after the first inning, led a four to one after three innings, and a light of five to one after five. So if you had the Braves' first five minus a half, you're against Arizona. So it was pretty easy. Easy moolah there, my friend. Nicely done by the Braves. Keep going, buddy. Keep going, Braves. Let's go. Let's go. Cash that ticket for me. Cash that, cash that NL East ticket for me. Uh, and, of course, keep going to the Astros, too. I got them to win the pennant. So, All right, Scott. Well, let's find out who it is. Uh, <laughs> by, back by popular demand, we're going to talk about this sport here in the middle of baseball playoff hunt, baseball playoff fever, the beginning of the uh, NFL, and, of course, week four of college football. What could be better than a little NBA, Scott? Let's find out who wore the golden feedback today. We're handing out donkey of the day. All right, buddy, I'll let you do the honors here. So for this one, we're going to the NBA, as you said before, and we're going to be looking at a, well, he's made it to a couple all-star games, and some people are not really sure why. It's Ben Simmons for <laughs> the Philadelphia 76ers, and we know that he has had a little bit of turmoil during the offseason with the front office for Philly, and he announced once again yesterday that he was refusing to report for 76ers training camp. Now, the ironic part, is that he also vanished during the entire playoff series against Atlanta. So maybe this is just his thing. But looking at the situation itself, Philly gave him a huge contract extension. They're a team that people pretend are title contenders when they're clearly not. I feel like Philly fans don't even like Simmons that much because Embiid's clearly the better player on the team. I guess the one area where they might have took a misstep was when Doc Rivers said after the Game 7 loss, that uh-huh. he doesn't know if Ben Simmons is a point guard for a title <laughs> contending team, which is definitely true. Do you think he's a champ? You think you he's can't a say that? Do you think he's a championship level point guard? Yeah. Is what the question? You can't really say that ten minutes after a game. But anyway, besides that, I don't really know what Philly did wrong. They paid the guy, right? They put him together with Embiid, right? They keep trying to back him publicly, and sure. Embiid did because. The fans have been roasting Simmons for years. Right. And yet Ben Simmons in clutch sports basically just said, no, nah, you're dead to me. I want out of here. I don't know what situation is better than the one he's currently in that he's going to actually get. Well, what am I missing here? No, you're not. You're not missing anything. And the other the other uh, the other side of this, the other side that makes it a, a problem is the fact that the 76ers want what somebody that's making that kind of money and has that kind of prominent role um, should bring in a trade and other other teams are going yeah but it's ben simmons so yeah no we're not doing that i so, don't even understand i think the worst part of this whole thing is how players try to force their way out of a out of a city or from a team and they think that they can demand which team they want to be traded to well 
Sometimes they can. Now, I was going to say, in some respects, obviously not. It this. worked out for it worked out for Anthony Davis, but I mean, in most situations. Well, ben I was going to basically I was, said, "I only want to go to title contenders in California." <laughs> That's it. So you think the Sixers are just going to hang up the phone of any of the other twenty-something team call? Of course not. The Lakers are like, "Yeah, we're good." <laughs> out of anything, pure pity. Trade them to Minnesota. Just trade him to just some other place where you don't have to worry about him. He wants to go to California, trade him to Sacramento. Like, may, I don't know, do something. But I don't know why Simmons, who is making a big deal about the fact that really all of the faults are his own because he can't shoot and he was awful in the series. Can't shoot, won't shoot. Correct. And he was terrible in the series itself. And yet he thinks the Sixers are going to do right by him and trade him to a team that he wants to go to when Philly doesn't even want to get rid of him in the first place. The whole thing doesn't make any sense. You can argue that the Doc Rivers shouldn't have said the comments post game, which, okay, I'll give Philly 3% blame. <laughs> I just think Ben Simmons is completely making stuff up as he goes. Now, do you, do you see you see any parallels with Aaron Rodgers? I mean, obviously the skill level is different, but the whole kind of, I just don't feel right being here. There's not really a problem. You're under contract. And I'm going to say no because Rodgers came back in the end. And right. He, Rodgers is clearly the best player on the team. Well, guess what? Simmons isn't even the best player on his team. Guess what, buddy? Simmons is coming back. What are you going to do? Uh, what, what are you I think do? he will at some point, or Philly just completely dumps it. What do you They just hit the eject button, and they just ship him off immediately. And pay the contract? Uh, no. They would probably have to cut part of the trade request offer in, in half, settle for one first-round pick or two instead of the four they're asking for, and just get rid of him. Because at some point, the, the cons are going to outweigh the pros, where you just have to decide he's basically just a cancer on organization I can't, right now. We I can't even imagine what a Ben Simmons not trying would look like. Do you agree with that, though? Because Philly, at some point, is going to have to realize keeping him is just bad for everybody. We might sacrifice one draft pick that we could have received just to get rid of him as soon as possible. It's possible. I mean, I don't see him. I don't see him as a plus for the team right now. That's why I think Philly just might toss him. Maybe if they can, if they can get some, if they can get somebody to take him now. Who wants him? It's a good question. Uh, as for this asking price, nobody, because the comparison I would make between the organizations right now, of course, different background stuff, but it's going to be Deshaun Watson and Ben Simmons. Because both teams are asking for something for a player they're basically trying to trade. Right. They're asking unreasonable demands that no other team's going to match. And it's a matter of, we don't want you here, but we're not going to cut our request to make you actually attainable realistically. Yep. So the whole thing doesn't make any sense. Yep. Agreed. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that and see how that progresses. Uh, by the way, you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners. So Scott, the situation in Houston, I, I wasn't we didn't really have this on the board to talk about, but I guess they're just not gonna play Watson at all. They're they're talking about, you know, if I'm, you, I'm not surprised by that. We said this a couple months ago. No, I know, but I mean when it comes down to it, I I really thought maybe with injuries and stuff, they'd let him sniff the field. No. I did not expect him to even come near the field. Because I mean, they've got they've got Davis Mills that's going to start. Tyrod Taylor's going to be out for five or six weeks. I'm it's, still torn between Denver this week and Survivor or Carolina. 
I, I think you have a good I think you have a good spot for both. Yeah, I just don't know what you do with this. I don't know what you do with this Houston team. I mean, it's, and it's a shame because they look like an almost confident football team with uh, Terod Taylor. Yeah, they looked okay. Uh, not not, go, not as god awful as we thought, and certainly not Carolina as bad as Jacksonville. Carolina is going to rush the passer pretty gonna, much every play. It's going to be ugly. They, they they can kill people. That pass rush is really good. I think the game's going to get ugly. We can talk about that tomorrow, but. Yep. Yeah, not exactly the defense you want to go up against in your first career start. No, I don't, and I don't know. And you know, Davis Mills was bad last week. He was bad in preseason. I didn't think he was good in Stanford either. <laughs> I didn't think he was, you know. And I saw him play in high school. The kid was overrated. No, I don't. I, don't I just know. saw him in college, and I just didn't think he had a pro future. And he got taken in the second or third round. I yeah, I, I remember. I remember. See, he he went he went in front of Kyle Trask, which I thought was just amazing. I. Didn't like either guy, I know, but I like Trask like, more than Mills. I like, I, you know, I like Trask. Yeah, I liked him more than Mills. But anyway, to go back to Watson, I'm not surprised, but that's why I'm kind of grouping it with Simmons where you're not playing the guy or the guy doesn't want to show up, whatever reason. So you have no leverage in the situation. And yet you're asking for four first round picks and you're just expecting another team to hand you the King's ransom. Yeah, not happening. Like the King is half dead. Like you should take half of the offer. Right. Right, the you know that they're they're dead for different reasons, but one of them has the skills, but not the head, and the other one has, um, really neither. So, I think the other one's great defensively, but uh, as a point guard, you can't trust him with the ball in his hands because he can't shoot free throws in the final two minutes. No, that's like that's like when you have a quarterback and you go, well, he's really good at play action. You're like, well, that's good, but you, there's so many other things you'd rather have. And that's Imagine the, situation the fouling situation nowadays but Shaq was your point guard. Like, could you play him in the final two minutes of a game? Probably you not. No, no, you so, couldn't. So just keep that in mind. Fair enough. All right, Scott, I feel like we've done this before. It's a little deja vu. It's a little, it's a little de- drunk deja vu here, Scotty. Let's find out what the odds makers were drinking today because we've talked about this time and time again. Makes no sense, but yet there it is. Again, Scott, the odds makers were drunk. So you and I talked about this team about, I don't know, a month ago. We said, Is that, it too early for me to pat myself on the back? Well, it was, something, it out a little it bit was something that we both agreed with. So I think I think you trying to break away from the pack and, to, and pat yourself on the back. No. Well, I'm breaking I, away because I I watch this team do this every, I every year. On it. I okay. placed the bet on it. So I got I got pretty mm-hmm. odds there. Okay. All right. So the Cardinals is who the team we're talking about. They were plus 180 yesterday, Scott, in the Battle of the Woods. It was uh, Woodruff against what the hell was his name? Woodyard, Woodford, Wood Woodford and Woodruff. Yep. Okay. So, yeah, Brandon Woodruff's been very good this season, but the Cardinals again plus one eighty. All they've done is won nine straight. You think maybe they get a little respect there? Nope, they didn't. What they do? We're not one two to one, Scott. Make it ten. Ten in a row. The Cardinals know when to hit the gas. Every year. The, nothing changes. It's no. the same thing over and over. No, again. and you've got a team in Milwaukee that's not really motivated to play for anything. You can argue they're motivated to try to, for seeding purposes to try for, to get maybe home field in a couple of series instead of just one. Yeah, but okay. that's not realistic. No, no, that's absolutely ridiculous. Woodruff should have been favored. I probably would have put it around one forty. Yeah, thirty. Yes, that's a reasonable price. But Especially you're, since the Cardinals have actually done pretty well against Woodruff this season, you're gonna. But you're gonna. You're gonna give me that kind of price. I don't. I just. I don't care. You've, I took the first five because I just wanted to avoid St. Louis's bullpen, and they almost blew the game. 
but they held on. Woodford, not bad. Woodruff has been good. I love Woodruff, but he has been a little bit overvalued for the last couple months. Well, in the first game I saw live this year, I saw Woodruff pitch against the Royals. Same kind of game. Pitch very well. Loses 2-1. to one. Yep. So, all right. So let's find out. Let's blow the trumpet, Scott. Let's find out who today is our gambling hero of the day. You want me to do the honors on this one, or you? Want I, to do I the think I think you should. So, of course, a lot of games going on, pretty much all baseball related. But there was one guy who really separated himself as a true hero, and it is none other than my co-host. That's right. For finally winning a free play oh. after about a week. Oh, it had been. Look a, at you over there. It had been the a relief is just I could see it on you right it had, now. It had been a cold streak, a cold, cold streak, Scott. It was just absolutely brutal, uh, brutal college, brutal weekend, uh, brutal NFL. Yeah, missed the uh, Chiefs game on Sunday night. It was just you know all around, all the way around, just a perfect last four or five days. So, yes, it was nice to finally get off the snide as I had the Cleveland Indians to take care of business. Against the Kansas City Royals, we booked it at minus 137, and I think that went off you know, 170 or so. So we beat the hell out of the line, got good closing line value, and it paid off for us. So, yes, thank you very much for the award. I will accept it humbly and do my best to keep the streak going. Yes, I heard that if you win another game in a row, that's two straight. That's called a winning streak. It has happened before. What now? Mm-hmm. Well, the weird thing was is I was cold on my on my free picks – but in, the premiums I know are doing pretty well. In the in the middle of a twelve game, a twelve and zero run on the, my premium picks, I was I was like still below five hundred. It was just it's just weird. Sometimes it goes that way. Sometimes it goes the other way because that's so you're saying. So you're saying that your best picks of the day won, but your fifth best plays of the day ended up losing. I can't believe that's how it worked out. I understand. I it's crazy. I know. It's you know, but and it's some and sometimes it goes the other way. Now is that. Do you find that hard to do? I I find it much easier to pick games than I do to rate games. Do you find that to be the case? Like, if you have to put a star system on it, do you find See, that's it? That's the thing is that it's that doesn't apply to me because I just give out my favorite play every day. So hypothetically speaking, I should hit a higher percentage of plays in on YouTube than you, right? Because I'm giving out my favorite play, and you're giving out your fourth or fifth. Favorite well, play. that's not necessarily true. I mean, I'm doing a couple of premiums now on the weekend. Yeah, it goes down. Okay, the- sorry. So like your third or you know, the point I'm trying to say right. is that the priority system. Most of the time, when I honestly have a play of the day, it doesn't surprise me if we overlap in the premium side. Right. So it, you know, it is what it is. No, I understand, and you know, I I feel horrible because you know we uh, we both get really good views on our YouTube videos, and you know, you know, you have people that are checking it out and, and making that play, and it it feels horrible because it's just, you know, it's you feel like I'm letting the whole team down. You know what I'm saying? So anyway, nice to be back on the winning side and not make a big deal of it, but. Nice to have a winner. Let's see if we can keep it going. All right. So uh, we're having a little fun with this, Scott. We talked about it at the top of the show. Somebody reached out the other day in the comment section, wanted to know the top three live sporting events we've seen. And I actually had to think about this a little bit. So I know that this is where um, the fact that I'm perhaps slightly older than you are um, comes into play because I know you haven't had the options that I've had. But you did go to a very cool... Uh, college, as far as sports environment goes, the uh, the football game there at Camp Randall 
uh, is very is very neat. I actually got to see it myself when Mizzou played up there you know, before you were born, frankly. But um, it's a great environment. So you get, you got to see Jeff. Season, do you go to every game? I do not go to every game, but I also got media passes for some of the home games. So I'd probably go to around four per year, and they were all free. They let you anywhere near the press box for football? Uh, yeah. No, I was in the press box. Oh, nice. Very cool. Very cool. I was, I was broadcasting some of the games. So I was in the press box usually when they were doing a pregame or a halftime show in between. Nice. Nice. So, all right. So I'll let you... Uh... I'll let you go. Uh, we'll, we'll go back and forth. So give me your give me one of your top three. I don't know if you rated them or not, but all right. So the first one I'm going to go with is actually not even a Yankee game. It was a baseball game, though. It was a fraternity trip to Miller Park at the time. I know they changed the name now, but it involved the Milwaukee Brewers and the Miami Marlins. So in addition to the let's just say refreshments that we ended up partaking with in the parking lot before the game we ended up sitting around and seeing a comeback and jesus aguilar actually hit a walk-off home run and that was the only walk-off home run i've ever seen in person so i thought that was pretty cool that's the first one i'm going in order from three to one but yeah the first one i'll go with is the brewers marlins game from like three four years ago if not longer and aguilar hit a walk-off home run okay very good that's very very solid uh my third my third best one was uh, probably the Mizzou KU game in 2007, where Mizzou was ranked at number four and KU was ranked number two. The third ranked team had lost. The first ranked team had lost. So the winner of that game was going to be number one in the polls. They were also going to play in the Big 12 championship game, and the winner there was going to go to the national championship game, go to the BCS game. So uh, that was a huge game. Of course, it's against the our arch rival there right across the border. That was the Chase Daniels team. Fantastic game. As uh, Mizzou gets a, a 36-28 victory, sacked him in the end zone when they had a, a small chance to win the game there and uh, sacked him in the end zone for a safety, and the crowd was going absolutely nuts. And it was a great time. I got to see it with my with uh, two of my kids. So that was uh, that was very cool. Great great environment, great win. And we, we can we can skip the week after against Oklahoma. Yeah, I was gonna say the season went Sam Bradford. You know they were tied 14-14 at halftime, and then Sam Bradford just dismantled him in the second half. So yeah. All right, what do you got for number two? Uh, for number two, I'm gonna go with a basketball game that I went to a couple of years ago. It was the Pistons and the Nets, and Brook Lopez was still on the Nets at the time, and he ended up having a game-winning buzzer beater, and that was one of the only buzzer beaters I've ever seen. Is the second one I've ever seen in basketball. I actually went to one that was with Stockton and Malone visiting the Prudential Center back when I was like five. And Karolinko had a buzzer beater at the end, but I'm a Nets fan, so I didn't really enjoy that. But it was right. still a fun history experience. I actually see Stockton and Malone run the pick and roll at the age of like 40 apiece. But I just remember Drummond in that game. I think he had 28 rebounds or he had like 25 or something. They couldn't stop him, but he ended up, Lopez ended up having a buzzer beater for the win. And I thought that was pretty cool. All right. Very good. You know, it's, it's kind of hard. I've never, I, I haven't done the Super Bowl thing. I've just never had the desire. And at the end of the day, I'm, I'm too, I think I'm too cheap because I just don't want to spend, you know, because there'd be a couple of us going. So I'd probably spend 15, 20 grand. And if it's and if it turns out to be like the Super Bowl was last year with the Chiefs, I can't imagine just sitting there going, "I just wasted twenty grand." So I haven't been to the Super Bowl. I have been to the Indy Five Hundred. I saw I saw Al Linser win his last 
race there, and I think in '87. By, by the way, I heard that the Super Bowl tickets are free if you bet enough and win on the coin toss. Yeah, thank you very much, buddy. That's you know, no problem. Load up on tails. The secret is you just take the over under on the national anthem, and your tickets are free. So the my num my number my number two pick is going to be Game Seven in the nineteen eighty five World Series, and it wasn't. It wasn't much of a laugher. Game six would have been the one to be at, but I was actually at a uh, at a bass tournament, at a buddy bass tournament uh, at a lake here in Missouri with a bunch of guys from St. Louis for game six when Dane Orge hit the walk-off and the Jorge Oda, uh, the Jorge, uh, or George Orta, um, bad call by Dickinger at first base. So that would have been the game to see. But we were there for game seven. That was an 11-0 uh, victory over Joaquin Andujar, and uh, it was uh, it was a good time. It was a great. It's one of the scene. worst calls of all time, by the way, at first base. You know, and when you go back and see that, it was it's even worse. It was no, it was it's 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 not as glaring as it w appeared, as everybody makes it out to be. It's it's pretty bad. It's it's really close to a bang bang play. It's almost a bang bang play. It's not a bang bang. Play, I, I said almost. almost. I said it's okay. really close. So that's that's call. that's my right. no, that's my number two. That was a. Uh, that was a good time. I went with my I went with my dad, and you know, always I'm I have a big family component to all of these, so that's my number two. Cool. What's and your... uh, my number one's going to be uh, Wisconsin in basketball. And this year they actually that year they actually stunk, but they did face off against Purdue at home in the Coles, in the um course you know the Cole Center, which is a pretty great atmosphere. It was Frank Kaminsky night. So they ended up having the runner-up team show up and honor him as they retired the jersey. And Purdue was ranked, I want to say, top 15, maybe top 10. One of the most disgusting games I've ever seen. I think the final score was like 45 to 40. Ugh. It was hideous. But we stormed the court afterwards because Wisconsin was like 14 and 14 at the time. Nice. So we stormed the court with Decker, Kaminsky, everybody. And, yeah, we just went nuts on the court for about 20 minutes. Cool. That's, that's a... Uh... That's certainly a, a good time um, to be had by all. Now, I, I like that you threw one in there that wasn't necessarily a big a big life-changing moment for the team. It was an average team. They had a big win, and it was... Uh, well, because it's very rare that Wisconsin's bad enough where you actually storm the court. They're usually a top-20 team. Right, right. Very, very true. Um, you know, and I've told you, I've told this story before when I was in high school. My my, my high school team won the, won the uh, state championship, and... That season, this was before. This is I'm going to date myself here. It was before the shot clock, and that team was so good, and they played a team that had no chance to beat them. So the team decided to hold the ball literally for mm -hmm. the entire game. The game ended three to two. Nice. Um, and I, I I saw the guy. I saw one of the guys. It was, there were three pillars of the team. I thought I saw one of the pillars when I was running the poker room. He was a poker player, and I asked him. I said, "Was my." Was my memory wrong? Did did you guys not beat Central four to three? And he goes, No, it was three to two. I went, Okay, okay. So I'm not crazy. So my number one, this is a story I've told before, Scott. By the way, we're gonna take a break real quick. I'm gonna come back and tell you this story. We'll be right back after this message. Hang tight. So Scott, last time we were out in Vegas, every time we were trying to have a nice meal, what is the number one question you kept hearing whenever we were at dinner? Are you gonna finish that? What? Appetizers, entrees sides you're always asking if i was going to finish what i was eating okay hey in my defense you eat slower than the turtle on xanax but okay let me make the question a little easier what's the number one question you would get from people when you tell them you work for winners and whiners what's winners and whiners exactly so what do you tell them 
I tell them that it is the place to go for your sports betting needs. They have breakdowns on every single game in a variety of sports, basketball, football, college football. We know that's coming up. It's been really a great opportunity to just get better at sports betting, and they give you all the opinions that you need. Yeah, see, and the thing I like about it is the fact that they don't just inundate you with numbers that have no context. You know, you go to some places and they just throw numbers, 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 but they don't tell you what they mean, and you just kind of your eyes glaze over. But these guys, not only do they use those same numbers and put them in context, but they're fantastic writers. They're great handicappers. You mentioned college football coming up. That's my favorite time to use winners and winners because they do every FBS game every single week. It is a fantastic site. Scott, what's the best part about winners and winners? It's absolutely free to use. That's right. It is absolutely free to use. Winnersandwinners.com. You absolutely have to check it out. You need to make this site part of your daily handicapping regimen. If you are not doing it, you are absolutely leaving money on the table. So, see, that wasn't that hard at all, right? Sure, you're still getting none of my fries. What? I, I didn't. I didn't say a word. I saw you looking at them. Seriously, dude, it's it's been like an hour. If you're not going to eat them, oh man, that's brutal. All right, fine. Seriously though, winnersandwiners.com. Go there or be square. second half of Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour and we'll give you the winners or at least some entertaining stories along the way. So uh, we're going we're, to we're do some winners here in just a minute, Scott. So this is a story that I've told before. In uh, This is the 2018 NAIA Basketball Championships. And this is a situation where they have the, the tournament. It's played every year in Kansas City. They played at the old arena, Municipal Stadium. It's, it's you know, 90 years old now. Great, fantastic venue. I actually saw Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar there, by the way, and Jordan nice. as well. Jordan as well. So, but this the angle on this is one of the teams involved is where my daughter was a cheerleader. So this team was pretty average throughout the the entire season. Very similar run to North Carolina State. They just got hot at the right time. They closed the season with three wins. They went on a run. They were the number four seed. They went on a run through the conference tournament, and then went to the NAIA tournament. It's uh, like, and it's just, it's, it's a great. If you're a basketball head, there is nothing better because the games start like at ten in the morning. They go to midnight. You just sit there and watch basketball all day long because it's thirty-two teams playing a tournament in a week, in one venue with one court. So it's a beautiful time. So we went to all the games. They had some really, really unbelievable runs. They go to the finals. They're playing uh, LSU Alexandria. They had beat LSU um, Baton Rouge, I believe, the day before. So in the finals, it's a back and forth game. Ends up uh, they 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 give away the lead. They have a huge lead in the second half. They give it away. They're down by four in the last minute. They tie it. Send it to overtime. The game gets tied. There's five seconds on the clock. The guy takes it out. Point guard, everybody thinks he's going to shoot. He starts to drive. They collapse on him. He dishes to the wing. The kid buries the three as the buzzer goes off, and they win the national championship. And we were literally, you know, four rows back, and it was just an unbelievable moment. There's a shot that shows the ball arcing 
and it shows the cheerleader sitting underneath the basket and all looking at it's it's a fantastic shot if it was a bigger game i've said this before if it was a ncaa uh march madness final it'd be one of the top 100 sports photos of all time but because it's obscure schools nobody cares but it's a fantastic photo and because my daughter was there we got to share with her it was a just a great moment but the, the, without question the bets Best sports moment of my life as a fan. Nice. I'm probably going to have to redo my list after this upcoming weekend because I'm going to be at the upcoming UFC card. Yeah. Vegas, yeah. Which should be fun. The card, I look through it again. Absolutely loaded. It should be a great time. When you had the big fight at the weigh-in. Yeah. Well, well, that was... That, well, or was it just the press conference? Wait, what do you mean? The, you had the boxing one between Canelo and... Oh, that was the... Okay, okay, that's but right. No, I'm talking about the UFC one. Oh, okay, that's right. I see Nick Diaz coming out of retirement to fight five rounds against a should-be-retired Robbie Lawler. It should be kind of fun. It's going to be great. going to be great, man. That's uh, you, guys have a, you guys will have a good time, so... Yep. All right, very good. So, yesterday, Scott, in baseball, <laughs> Kevin Kiermeyer uh, uh, happened to... Uh, Slide in. Stumble upon. Yeah, he, he slid into home, looks down, he sees a card. And if you don't know, you've seen you've seen the players checking their cards. A lot of times they have in their hats. You'll see them look in their hats. And they have they have cards basically on all the on the batters, all the matchups, how you're gonna pitch them, where you're gonna position yourself. It's a pretty valuable little cheat sheet there. So Kiermaier picks it up, he goes back to the dugout, realizes it's not his. Huh. So he then realizes it belongs to the Blue Jays, Scott. So now that seems to be a competitive advantage. Kiermaier didn't give it up. He gave it to uh, someone else on the staff there. And he, of course, the story is he didn't know what happened to it. But he says, it's not like I was going to give it back anyway, because it is what it is. Scott, is that is it just really poor sportsmanship? Should he have given the card back? No. Okay. I'm okay with it. Okay. Playoff race, you don't care? No, it's a playoff race between two division teams. It happens. It wasn't like he stole it out of his pocket. It was in front of him, and he took it. Now, did it matter? No, because Tampa lost the game 4-2. to two, So it might have been a decoy sign sheet because whatever signs they got weren't helping the team score. That's Joe Madden-level stuff right there, bud. That's next-level stuff. But I'm actually curious that it had an impact where they had a signs and everything set up, and then they had a meeting on the mound just to go, you know, let's change everything. Right. And Tampa was just misled by the sheet. But I don't know. At the end of the day, would it have, I think it would have been a bigger deal if Tampa would have won the game, but they didn't. Yeah, so I mean, if you could I think have, it mattered. Because that's what I went back before I did the story. I went back and looked and said, well, did they just light them up after that? And no, they did not. No. they. I don't know if they scored after that. I, like, think, I forgot no. what inning that took place in. Yeah, it, was, it was fairly late in the game. I was going to say that they didn't score at past the fifth, so it wasn't like they really did much. No, I don't think it's a big deal. Okay. You? Well, I, I don't think it was a huge deal. I, for me, I thought it was funny. I would have liked to see a little sportsmanship and maybe give the card back. I get it. I understand why you didn't. I probably have an, as much fault on the side of the Blue Jays for, you know, whining like little bitches about it and making a big deal out of it. They but, won the game anyway. Right. Who cares? What, yeah, what are you doing? I am curious if you throw at Kiermaier tomorrow, but I doubt it. I'd like to see that. All right, so I am curious if they're going to throw at him tomorrow. So Scott, on Monday night, I was a little late to the party. I got to uh, I watched the Manning brothers in week two. I thought it was good week one. What do you think? I, I was it was very entertaining. I thought the the guests were a little crammed in there. I think I think that Brett Favre not being able to get there on on time, I think that screwed up their whole schedule. I think they were then they had to short Willis and 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 mm -hmm. Pat McAfee, and I think those guys kind of got shorted. 
But people are catching on, Scott. From week one to week two, viewership went from 800,000 to 1.9 million. That's a 138% increase if you wanted to do the math. Is this the wave of the future? Because as I'm watching this, it occurs to me, for the last 70 years, we have somebody whose sole job is to tell us what we've just seen. What, what is that about? Now, I understand play-by-play on the radio. We all got so used to it. Why is play-by-play on TV even a thing, Scott? Uh, you got to cater to blind people? <laughs> I, 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 don't, I don't really know. No, I, I, I mean, it, it just, it, it, it's in the, on the surface, it seems stupid. You know, they go, well, there's a fly ball to center field. Yeah, I'm watching it. I get it. And he makes the catch. He throws the home. Yes, again, I'm right here. So I think this could absolutely be the wave of the future. I think they're entertaining. You know, you certainly can't argue with the fact that they're knowledgeable. Holy mackerel. Talking about talking about uh, Romo Damas there. Uh, Peyton's, pretty, Peyton's pretty damn good, too, about... Did you think it was funny how Peyton seems to be way better at that stuff than Eli does about recognizing the defenses and what's going to happen? See, the thing is, I'm not surprised by that. Just because right. of how good Peyton actually is and how he's a generational talent. But at the end of the day, I think Eli knows whether it's because he's the younger brother or whether it's because he just knows that Peyton is an encyclopedia of knowledge and that huge forehead of his, that he should just sit on the side and let Peyton do his thing. And I feel like that's probably the right approach now. You feel good about I yourself actually, for that. What? You feel good about yourself for the forehead joke, do you? I mean, let's. I, I, truth is, I don't have an issue with Peyton at all. Okay. I just know that that's like half the, the roast that Eli provides for Peyton. That was a pretty funny segment. Forehead. They talked about I thought it. I thought it was a good segue by me. But looking through the actual uh, broadcast, I like the Manning brothers together. I really don't think they need any guests, like at all. No. I think that they're good enough the way that it is. Yeah. I didn't think Brett Favre added anything. I think Willis was very good. And McAfee, we know, is an entertainer. But well, since it's the wave of the future. ESPN's late to the party because I know they have the experts with the Manning brothers, but you've had Barstool and other companies do live streams watching games before. Of course, it's different because you actually have the game in front of you with the panel, but that's been around before. ESPN's done that for the college title game for the last five years. Yeah, but it's 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 different because you you're doing it in real time. Well, the college games you do in real time. They don't do it without they don't do it without an announcer. They don't do it with just just color commentators. I'm pretty sure they do. At least for ESPN, they, ha- they used to have like seven different channels airing the title game, and they have different panels on different channels. They're all, no, they're just different views. Oh, that's what I think. But the point is that well, I like it. Yeah. I think that it's a wave uh, that's definitely already here, in my opinion. I don't think it's relatively new, but I do prefer it compared to regular broadcasting. Agreed. Now, before we get before we get too far out of our skis here, we need to pump the brakes just a little bit because the regular broadcast... Still pulled in eleven point nine million, so you're you're still getting uh, a substantial amount more. You're still getting what six times as many roughly viewers for the regular ESPN broadcast as you are for the Manning Brothers. But I think well, I don't those... have the comparisons for Week One, but I'm assuming most of the people that viewed it on regular ESPN for Week One probably made up the difference to go to the Manning broadcast for Game Two. Yeah, I would agree. I would I would agree. You've probably got somewhere in the neighborhood of. Uh, 14 million viewers, give or take, and they had 800,000 of them. So you probably had 13, 13, two, something like that with the regular broadcast. So you think there's a spot for us, buddy? You think, you think, uh, I actually think I would do pretty well in that situation. Yeah. Yeah. But of course, I'm not going to know all the coverages and everything the same way that Peyton Manning does. Correct. But I think I could probably look at a, I think I could look at a game and give you some interesting feedback. Could you? For three hours, you do that every week? I think I could. Okay. Good enough. All right. I, I, yeah, I, I think I could. Um, yeah, 
Yeah. Now, that's some of the things they're doing at the pro level, some of the disguises they're doing with the defenses. Yeah, that part I'll cater, I'll just let Peyton do his thing, but I do think that I could recognize a matchup on the outside sure. or on the inside and go, Detroit matching up Devontae Adams with a linebacker for the sixth time in the, in the third quarter. Why do they keep doing that? Well, and you can see, you know, when they're running the, the mirror pick plays and, th- and things like that, you can, you know, absolutely figure it out. So, yeah, yeah I, think it, I think it'd be fun. But I, I think, so what is your, what, what's your guess for best week that they do what's what if if they're getting 14 million viewers what's the best that peyton and eli are going to get uh what do you say the numbers were for let's, say, let's say they're getting four uh, last year they had last week they had 1.9 let's say there's 14 million total i'm gonna give them a ceiling of i'll actually be generous i'll give them five two okay okay i was gonna say in the neighborhood of six i i think they may get close to half i think this is i think it's really gonna catch on i don't know i think it should I I I won't watch another Monday any any Monday night game. Now most of them I don't have the sound up anyway. It depends on how good the broadcasters are cuz I had a great time listening to Gus Johnson do the Cardinals game on Sunday. I had a great time. There's I great. love Gus Johnson as a as a actual play-by-play guy. Yeah, he's very good. He's very good. No question about he that. He just needs sir. to go back to March Madness and then everything's complete for me. Uh keep a good thought, my friend. All right, very good. Um, well, Scott, this is a, apparently a sports betting show, so perhaps we should talk a little sports betting, should we? We've got sure. We've got a full baseball card, and there are a few. There's a few getaway games starting to sprinkle in there, my friend. You know, and it's uh, you've got you've got a couple of games that we won't talk about too much. Um, it's a shame because we've got Overton against Castillo, so it gives us another chance to get the Reds wrong, because that looks like a solid Reds victory there. Of course, that game goes off at 12.30 p.m. Eastern time. I hate that. I hate that damn Reds team. Oh, my God. They disappoint us so much. I can't handle that team. I swear, they must win every time I'm not watching or betting on them. They just can't beat Pittsburgh over the last couple weeks. I'm not sure what it is. It's ridiculous. It's it's a team. And, you know, you've got a situation where one of them is playing for everything and one of them is playing for nothing. And yeah. you know, all right. So I'm not I'm not going to spend the whole show lamenting a pick we got wrong, but still, but still, it uh, it should have gone a little better. So, all right, let's take a look. Um, and we don't and we don't as we record this right now, Scott. We don't have an odds on this one, so we're gonna we don't have odds on this one. So we're gonna take a guess and then we're gonna make a pick. We've got St. Louis at me at, at at Milwaukee again. Um, one of your favorites is going for Milwaukee, Scott. Who is that? That's uh, Brett Anderson. Yeah, you happy about that? I'm not a big Nicholas guy either, so we'll call it a draw. Okay. I'm going with Carolina. I'm not Carolina. I'm going with the Cardinals plus money. What do you think that price is going to be? Oh, I think it's close. I'm going to go with 125. All right. I was going to say more like, you know, maybe they've learned their lesson. I was going to say maybe minus 140, but maybe they've learned their lesson and they open it at 25 or 30. So, again, I, I think I think Nicholas and Anderson are pretty close. I agree. I agree. But give me the team that's won 10 straight that's trying like hell to make the playoffs. Uh, Bueller and Marquez. I like the uh, first five under. Probably going to catch that. You can find a five and a half out there. Yeah, you're probably going to find a, a five and a half juiced under. A, it's 10 and a half or 11. 11 pretty much is across the board. Any value on Herman Marquez, Scott? Somebody that's been really good at home there for the Colorado Rockies. The, uh, Dodgers are going to be somewhere in the neighborhood of 215. That's what they are right now. They could go up to 220, 230. Of course, you can make an argument because he has been good at home, but 
Colorado had this very, very phenomenal home run where they were just unbeatable at home. But if you've looked at how the Rockies have played for the last couple of weeks, they've been decent. Uh, They have lost each of the last two games, so I am worried about a potential slump coming up. But the Dodgers, they keep having to win because the Giants keep winning. Right. And at the end of the day, we know the Dodgers are significantly more talented. I mean, you can go through the overall numbers here for the Dodgers. They've dominated for the last week and a half. Colorado is outmatched talent-wise. Marquez might pitch well, but you you pretty much rely on Bueller to blow up. I'm going to go with the Dodgers, but if you want to take a spin with Colorado, I can understand it. I'm just not going to I'm just not going to back you on that. Yeah, Marquez hasn't been great his last two home appearances. He gave up he gave up four runs, two earned in five innings against Atlanta, then he gave up three earned in six and a third against San Diego. Yeah, that's a quality I mean, start. I, I okay. mentioned this for the Seattle-Oakland series, and I mentioned it for Cleveland-Kansas City, but I value head-to-heads between division teams because I do think that you're, you face off so many times that if one team consistently dominates, then I got to consider betting you in the future. Sure. Dodgers are 12-5 and five against this Rockies team, which they should be because they're better by far. Yep. I have a hard time backing the team that's 5-12 and 12 against this opponent. Having said that, they were one hand, they were one Kenley Jensen uh, pitch away from losing that game to Colorado last night. In their defense, there's about 40 games a year where they're one Kenley Jensen pitch away from losing. Oh, Scott, that's just you're just never going to give him his due respect, are you? Uh, until he does it for a playoff series or for a full playoff run now. Fair enough. A uh, quick reminder, everybody, you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Scott, could the – Dodgers end up with I don't I don't even know. Could the Dodgers end up end up with 105 wins and be a wild card team? The answer is yes, but you can phrase it the other way. Could the Giants finish with 104 wins and be a wild card team? Sure. I mean, it's it's, it's just phenomenal to me. I still think the Dodgers are going to catch the Giants. Do we need but... to do we need to reseed, Scott? I don't know about reseeding because they do the same thing in football and everything like that. At the end of the day, winning the division has more priority over anything else. And that's flawed, but we had the same conversation when the Seahawks had a losing record in the beast quake season. And they had a home game against the saints who had 11 wins and they won. They won. The Seahawks the won that game. Is that this isn't just a baseball issue. I know. No, it's, it's definitely every not single league. Yes. Yes, it absolutely is. Uh, basketball gets it close. Hockey does a little better. But well, hockey tries to reseed to help the overall higher seeds continue an advantage, but or they used to not anymore. Wait, do this? Well, yeah, they reseed, last year, they reseed in hockey now. Well, last year was kind of a hybrid, so last last year was was weird. But I'm saying they they try to keep yes. it in the same divisions, but they do reseed after the first round. And do you agree with that? Personally, no. But I understand if you want, especially in hockey where it's so unpredictable or even baseball because it's also unpredictable, if you want to give the team with the best record in a league or in a conference a significant advantage, then you can make a serious argument that reseeding is okay. I, I strive for chaos, so I don't like reseeding. But I do think it has some merit if you believe a team that wins 112 games should have the significantly easier path, no matter you what. Are, you are praying for that Cardinals-Dodgers wild card where Wainwright goes the whole distance and then and the Cardinals end up winning 3-2, to two, aren't you? Know you know what I'm rooting for? I'm rooting for <laughs> the Dodgers to either be in a tie game or up 3-2 in the ninth, 
and Jansen comes in to pitch to St. Louis. That's really what I'm rooting for. That's all I hope for. <laughs> because if you like chaos, that is a great scenario. That's what you're looking a great for. Great scenario for chaos right there. By the way, Cardinals four up in the wild card, bud. Reds are I'm, fading. Padres I'm are fading. I'm myself on the back for that one. Yeah, you're in good shape. All right. So yeah, I just I just wanted to bring that up. By the way, you guys, you are listening to Winners and Winners Radio. Give us an hour, and we'll give you the winners. Speaking of the Braves, Scott, they're heading out to the desert to continue their series with the Arizona Diamondbacks. Ian Anderson really doesn't mind if he doesn't sit this one out going against Merrill Kelly. Dodgers, I mean, the Braves, of course, big favorites here. Pretty much minus 199 is the total. Juiced over. Can starting to see some nine and a halfs creep in. Merrill Kelly, Scott, been an average pitcher, but he's been very profitable as he's carried big prices a couple times and ended up winning those games. This is going to be another one of those uh, times against Ian Anderson, who's been a little bit of a disappointment, a little bit of a sophomore slump this year. He's been hurt a lot, and he just hasn't been fantastic like he was last year. For me, I find this a tough spot for the price. I think Atlanta should win, but I'm going to pass on the side. I'm looking at Arizona team total over. I think Anderson struggles, and you're probably getting three and a half. Mm -hmm. Um, I got to like that. If you assume Atlanta's going to cruise, then worst case is you're guaranteed nine to bats. Yep, that's true because Atlanta, of course, is is the, is the visiting team there. So, so yeah, so it, you'd be batting in the bottom of the ninth if you think Arizona gets killed. So it, 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 I think Arizona with nine at bats should get to four, which means I like the over in this game as well. But I'll go with the team total. Oh, I see. I see what you're. I see what you're doing there. You're being tricky. You're saying Arizona is going to get nine at bats because you think they're going to be behind. Correct. That's what I'm saying. Oh, makes sense because if they're ahead. They've probably gone over their team total of uh, of of three and a half. Correct. So Ian Anderson getting tricky, but I feel like it's logical. No, it is. And like I said, Ian Anderson has uh not been great. He came he came back, he spent what a month and a half away from the team. And what do you uh, consider a typical Ian Anderson start now? Five innings, three runs? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, where you I'll take the, I'll take the three runs through five and a three and a half team total see here's here's the problem with anderson is it's it's one of those times when the era doesn't match the fip because his last four starts he got a four six six era but a fip of seven oh nine and it's because he's walked 10 batters in 19 innings i'll take the base runners so yeah i think i think that's what you i think that's exactly what you need so yeah i'm, I'm a big fan of that play right there as well uh, looking through the rest of the card just relatively quickly i gotta i gotta like philly uh minus one and a half against Baltimore. I know the offense slept for about 18 straight innings, but they did win yesterday in the walk-off. Wheeler has been so damn good for the last month. And Aiken had a good stretch of maybe two starts in a row, but he's not very good. Philly, I think, should roll here. Baltimore has been interesting in this series, but they're not hitting the ball well. Philly's offense was just so bad for the first two games. I think Philly rolls. I'll take the Phillies at around minus 125, minus 135 on the run line. You? Yes. It seems like fool's gold. It, because I know, but I, I can't give a case for Baltimore. Ke- Wheeler's been dealing. Keegan, Keegan Aiken, 6-9-3 ERA on the season. And he's been even worse lately. 7-0-7, his last three starts. His road numbers are also worse. Yeah, the kid's, the kid's not good. It just... It, you know what? We're going to lay off of this game. So I feel that you should play it with confidence if you like the Phillies there. This seems like just like one of those games where you're like, oh, one team has a great pitcher, one team has a terrible pitcher, 
one team's fighting for a playoff spot. One team's been out of it since you know 1997. See, I'm throwing out the emo- the uh, motivation angle because you have a lot of young guys on these teams that were called up that are trying to make a roster. Sure, which is why Kansas City's been good for the last couple of September's, even though the season's been over for a while. Right. But for me, I'm still going to go with Wheeler. It. I just have to like the spot. The pitching advantage is huge. The lineup's huge. Philly's great at home. Baltimore's terrible on the road. I got to like the spot. All right. Very good. Very good. And um, Chris, well, Chris, uh, go ahead. I was going to say, you have any thoughts on getting Mize plus money against a White Sox team that's reeling right now? You know, I would I would be interested in a first five play there. And here, because here's the problem with Mize, they're, they're basically saving his arm for the future. It's what they've They've come out and said it. So they're going to let him pitch. He was, uh, he was on the IL for... I don't know what month. Oh, my bad. That, that's actually a 1 p.m. game. My apologies. Oh, okay. Oh, you're right. So, yeah, I'll give you my thoughts real quick. I'd be interested in playing first five. Mize is going to go 50 pitches or three innings tops for the rest of the season. I have no interest in getting behind this Detroit bullpen. I, I love the Tigers. I love their spirit. I love their spunk. Been surprised at every turn of what they've done this season. Having said that, I just don't trust that bullpen. And But you know what? Ronaldo Lopez has been awful. So... Yeah, so I, I, I take a first, I take a first five play there on the on Detroit. I got to be tempted by Detroit because they've won the first couple games in the series and they're still getting disrespected. But the last game I'll talk to you about is involves my team with the Yankees. I know Hearn got crushed in his last outing. Mm-hmm. But he has been pretty good this season, and Kluber was great in his last start, last outing against Texas. He just so happened to have a no hitter. Uh, I think this total's too high. I'm looking at either the first five under or the full game under. What do you think? Yeah, that's a Texas team that struggled to score runs all season long, and the Yankees certainly haven't scored at the pace they're used to. I just don't like any kind of an under with Hearn. I'm sorry, buddy. Um, I would maybe play Texas team total under. Of course, then you're getting to get three and a half. That doesn't give you a lot of room for error there. Um, I, th- I think Hearn's not that bad. I know it was bad in his last outing, but I actually think he's a decent pitcher. He's a lefty. How do the, how do the Yankees hit lefties? They don't hit anybody well. All right, bud. Well, let's take a look. And see what our favorite play is. You and I have put our heads together. We've come up with the best play of the day. If you had to put your chips in the middle, make one call, make one bet, this is it. Kids, put on your straw hat, climb on that John Deere, fire that bad boy up, because it's time for Bet the Farm, y'all. So, for this play, we're looking at a team total in baseball, and we like the Nationals team total over three and a half runs at minus 115 on Bet MGM. Nationals hitting the ball really well lately as they have scored at least six runs in five of their last seven. Meanwhile, the Marlins pitching has not been great. The Marlins have allowed at least six runs in each of their last four games. Plus, the Nationals have hit Miami's pitching really well. Uh, The Nationals have scored at least five runs in five of the last six meetings. And you have Hernandez on the mound for Miami. One start against Washington this season, five innings, two runs. However, he also allowed seven hits. And in his last outing against Pittsburgh, he walked five guys. That's so he lets a lot of guys get on base. Yeah. And we've seen Miami's bullpen, which was mentioned on Call the Cops because they gave a bunch of runs late against Washington yesterday. Three and a half is too low. Washington's hitting the ball well. If Hernandez gets guys on base, you should have a lot of opportunities for some multi-run home runs in that spot. Three and a half is too low for nine guaranteed at bats. I'm with you. All right, that's going to do it for Bet the Farm. And that's going to do it for today's version of Winners and Winers Radio. We thank you guys for watching. For myself, for Scott Reichel, from the whole team. Appreciate you checking us out once again. Make sure you come back and do it tomorrow and do it every other day. Tell your friends, because we'll be here on Winners and Winers Radio. Take care, everybody.
Thank you.